Welcome everyone, selamat datang semuanya to another episode of Podcast Mantul where we discuss the perspectives, opinions, and thoughts of the Indonesian community here in East Lansing. As always, I will be your lead host, Andika Diantoro, and I'm joined here by my two co-hosts, Mas Fahmi and Batika. How are you guys doing today? Hi, back to me again. I'm feeling full. Hi, I'm well. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing well myself. Thank you. And joining us is our special guest. She is a second year master student studying journalism. Indri Malira, welcome to the show. Hello, semua. Terima kasih. Welcome, by Indri. Thank you for having me here, being a guest in your podcast. And we, we're glad to have you here as well. And uh, for those of you listeners, our episode today will be a continuation of our ongoing two-part series entitled How We Got Here, which dives in into the insight of how we as Indonesian students got the chance here to go to school at MSU. But now, uh, since the last episode, we did the undergraduate students. Now we are doing the master students, which is why Mbaindri is here. And our co-host, Mas Fahmi and Batika, will also tell us a bit about you know their side of the story as well and you know how we how they got here into studying here at MSU and Bainri I want to um, pick at you a little bit first uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um I think you already kind of um, interest me a little bit, but hi, my name is Indri. I'm a second year master student in journalism, studying to at Michigan State University, studying to specialize in environmental and science journalism. Before I came here to study in East Lansing, I worked as a journalist for around like four years in Jakarta at um, one of the biggest, um, one of the um, forefront uh, investigative publication, which is which called Temple. So yeah. That's and, a little bit of it. And me. how long were, were you working at Temple? Um, four, four years before I came here four to study. Four years. Mm-hmm. And where did you go for your bachelor's degree? Bandung, Universitas Telkom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I study um, communication. Oh, okay. And um, as a as a student, master student yourself, uh-huh. um, I mean, I did a little bit of digging as well uh, about you like before you came here uh it said that you were uh, a fulbright scholar is that right yes i am would you um, tell us a little bit about the process and maybe masfahmi you can add a bit inside as well because you're a fulbright scholar as well but i want to go at you first Mandy. could you tell us a bit about the process of how you you know applied and you know all all the paperwork and all that uh, yes, business of course um uh so um i I was selected as a Fulbright Scholar from Indonesia. Fulbright uh, program is an international, no, um, an exchange, a cultural exchange program sponsored by U.S. Department of State. Um, each year, like um, dozens, thousands of students from all over the world, they um, get selected to study here um, in the U.S. Um, to pursue a higher um, degree, uh, mostly master or like a PhD program, and. I was like I was selected to study in um to to pursue my master's degree, so um it's kind of it's it's, it's a little bit um complicated process um we have to submit like a an application then we have to do an interview um and I I think I kind of like um started to prepare my applications back in December twenty seventeen, which That's is a, a really, really long, long time. time. Wow. Yes, it is a really long time and. And then um, the deadline for that was twenty February twenty eighteen, right, Fami? The deadline so. for that year. Or fifteen? Yeah, February. I yeah. yeah, it's around it's February. Kind of February. Yep. Then it's a year long process. Um, Definitely. Um, uh, a year long process since uh, we got here to study because you know it's a year long process that we have to do our GRE, which is like a. I hate that. Yes, we all hate that. <laughs> GRE is like a SAT for like um, but for a master, okay, yeah, right, higher right. degree students. Um, we have to do that. Then we have to um, prepare for like everything to um, what do you call those things? IELTS, not IELTS. What's uh, the other one? Uh, IBT. IBT to yeah, IBT. IBT huh? We have to do that too, and we have um, we have to have like someone to help us, like a mentor to help us prepare our um, SI, like yeah. application SI for um, um, school in the US because we have no experience about that, right? So right. someone um, was helping us to uh, prepare our SI to apply to school, and we have to. Prepare. We have to pick like a couple of schools um, to which we are going to apply to. So that was a really interesting process. A year long process that was really really um, 
overwhelming. But then we get here. No. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, also, I I kind of know this, or at least seen from at least some of the Fulbright people that I know, including mm-hmm. Mas Fami himself. Uh, like you guys had to do like a summer program, was it not? For the part of for the part of the Fulbright process, you know, yeah. to like get here and stuff. Like, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Maybe Mas Fami can add as well. Um, yeah, Fami can uh, add to this letter. But um, mm-hmm. before we uh, um, before we came here for um, to start the fall semester in 2019, at least for me, 2019 fall 2019, um, they kind of selected us to do like a, a little bit of like, orientation program for like a couple of weeks. Some mm-hmm. some student got like a couple of weeks program. Some student got like a like three days program, like orientation, but I got like three three weeks program. They kind of like put us together with people all over the world, like out there for best scholar from, from all over the world. I make I make like best friend, I still keep um, um, connected with them. From uh, Guatemala, I still have friend with them. From um, Cambodia. Cambodia too, so yeah. Uh, Uh, still, uh, it's kind of like a really good program. It's like um, a three. Uh, I I I was selected to do that program in Kansas State University, which is like um in the middle of a little bit of middle of nowhere. And then, <laughs> but it was really fun. They kind of like really take care of us. They put us in the dorm, kind of like um, hey, this is um this is what the program is. And kind of like introduce us to the um, U.S. culture, U.S. academic culture, and everything. So, I had like a really good preparation before coming to the school to start my school in uh, fall 2019. How many do you have something to chat maybe? Yeah, just to put some more. Um, so Fulbright basically prepared us to kind of get adjusted to the system in the United States. So um, it has two kind of program. The first is the pre-academic training um, or PAT. That's um, the program that I got um, as well as Bainri. And the second one is the gateway orientation. That's the shortest one. It's like for four days only. Um, for me, I got the longest one, um, which was six weeks. Um, I got my program at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. It was so fun. And then, yeah, like Binary, what Binary told, that we got to know other Fulbright scholars from all over the world. I think in my batch, I got, I got, um, I got to know students from 32 countries, if I'm not mistaken, um, in my batch. So it's from um, Asia, the European, and then um, some African countries. So it's really nice. And then we um, still keep in touch um, together, especially in this situation. Like we, as international students, really um, strengthen our bonding because um, we experience the same situation, like with the pandemic or the um, racism issues and whatever. So it's really nice to have Um, this kind of circle in here so we can like strengthen each other um, basically mentally so yeah so it seems like you guys like have like a chance of you know getting to know a lot more people and you know hone I would say sharpening up your skills to live in the US is yeah is is there like were there any kind of good lessons or things that you learn from that specific program besides like you know bonding and obviously you know surviving skills if i may add to uh you know what you guys do honestly it's a lot more than that um yeah mainly we learned about how to survive and adjust myself uh, ourselves i mean um in the u.s system um in terms of the education but other than that we also get the chance to do more networking with the Uh, U.S. citizens because in my program, oh, I was so lucky because my batch, we got the experience to celebrate 4 July in here, which was my first July. And we got to know um, how the Americans like celebrate their Independence Day. I think it it was kind of similar, but also in a different way with um, the way Indonesians celebrate it. It was a a good experience. Also, um, I got the experience to meet like the elders uh they shared the experience and luckily i met someone um who also graduated from msu so she kind of shared her story when she pursued her degree here back in the 70s or 80s that was so cool <laughs> to know that so she gave me some more advices about how to live in east lansing i mean that things must change um i mean while she was studying but It still is Lansing, so it was a great opportunity because Fulbright gave us um, much opportunity um, to explore the U.S., like the other part of the U.S. Because most of us um, 
get the program not in our own university so we kind of need to know other places before we got to our um, campus so it's really fun to know that and intrigue me with this like uh since you guys are full of red scholars did you have to declare your major when you applied because i i know nothing about the, the application process myself since i'm an undergrad and um I was wondering if, you know, as I said, you know, did you have to tell what your major is? Like, for example, Binder, you had to tell, uh, you had to tell the committee or the, the committee or write in your application, you are you're going to pursue journalism and mm-hmm. you, Maswami, you, you are going to do by systems engineering. Did yeah. you have to like write that in the application? Yeah, uh, that's right. So we needed to kind of state what kind of major or field of study that we want to pursue um it's not necessarily should be exactly the same way for example me um originally i planned to apply for the biological engineering but then in the middle of the process then for brett i think you might fit to the biosystems engineering uh, major in um, at MSU so then in the way of the process uh, I still can adjust my major but basically since the beginning I need to state oh okay what kind of field of study that I want to pursue so yeah okay well those are really interesting stories but now I want to turn over to Batika uh, a bit here and if my if my memory serves me right you're a PhD student studying human development and family studies correct yes I am and would you tell us a bit more about you know how you got into the program and such things that go along with that yeah sure um so my story is a bit different i pursued my bachelor's degree here in the u.s although it wasn't here at msu and then um i went on to do my master's degree at the same university and um i wanted something new so i came here for my phd yeah so that's how i actually got here um it was just very interesting to me the thought of doing phd i don't know what i was thinking but, <laughs> it's actually really fun i've been enjoying it and uh so it's just basically like a straight up apply and go kind of thing is that, is that how it is yeah so um well indri and fahmi um got fulbright which is amazing um, I got my funding through graduate assistantship. Oh, okay. So what it is, is that my own department um, fund my education throughout my, uh, my program. And um, so I don't have to pay for any fees. Um, and then for my daily living, I got a stipend. So there are three ways to, um, to do it. First, you can be a teaching assistant to an instructor of record or they can give you your own class and you can be instructor of record um, so you're, you teach an undergrad level course. Um, the second way is to be a research assistant and you work with a professor and you, know, you do research with them. And the third way is a graduate assistantship. So that, is, that differs um, in, by by field and by department. Um, It can be um, through, for example, for my department, graduate assistantship can be in a form of working in child development lab or um, some administrative work. So it it really differ. But um, I got my appointment my first year, I was a TA. So I was a teaching assistant for a year. um, And then my second year, this year, my second year, I am a research assistant, and that's been really fun to um, really immerse myself in research. And then third year, I'm not sure just yet, but I'm hoping to be research assistant. It's just because my background is teaching, so um, I feel like um, being an RA is so much fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, so and with with the graduate assistantship program. Well, it's not a program. It's just, it's just how they fund you, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, for health insurance, they cover that too. Yeah, you basically like it's it's a job. 
basically. Mm-hmm. So we treat it like a job. Okay. We work 20 hours a week and then we get paid. Um, that's that's our stipend. So that that's that's how we live daily. That's how we eat. <laughs> yeah. Because uh-huh. it seems like from, from what you tell me, you're really immersed in your field of study, whether it's, you know, your master's as Bindri or Maswami or PhD as yourself. But, you know, talking about like how, like how immersed you are in your subject, I want to ask like you guys, sorry from you, Mbatika, uh, the same question that I asked uh, when I asked the undergrads, what made you choose your current field of study and how uh, did you react when MSU gave the yes for you to study here? Um, okay, so I guess I'll talk about the PhD part um, okay. it, was, it was a little different than my master's. Um, when I was considering my PhD, I wanted to um, go a little bit more broad than special education, which is my which has been my major since I did my bachelor and my master's. So I wanted to work with families of children with disabilities. So um, while special education is like very instruction heavy, instruction based, um, so I was considering of um, considering other majors that will fit into my interest, and then I stumbled upon human development and family study, and um, it was just very interesting. Like it's it's broad, but that's the beauty of beauty of it. You can see it in different perspective. So um, if I want to look at advocacy, I can do that. If I want to w- look at um, protective factors I can look at that too so it that's that's why I um, decided to go for human development and family studies instead of special ed um, what my major was and then um, for, I think from the get-go I was focusing and targeting to get that graduate assistantship so because I wasn't gonna pay for it it's expensive yes. <laughs> um, and it's so expensive. yeah it is um so I made sure that I and PhD is a long journey yeah. right mm. it's a long journey it's not about how long it takes you to graduate it's just it's an experience really so I made sure that I'm going to love my experience so my first thought is to find potential advisor that I can um, work with and where um, if I find this potential advisors um, I contacted them and I talked to them before I apply and then if I can feel like there's a good connection there and then we can understand each other then I apply to that school if not I didn't even try so that's what my most important um, factor in choosing what school, um, it's it's a potential advisor. Um, and then when you feel like you connect with that potential advisor, most probably they will have the same kind of connection with you too. So, which means that they will advocate for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I and mean, support you, I, I assume, like yes. in, in, in many different ways. I assume. Exactly. And you can talk about that, you know, like you need that graduate assistantship um, and they will, most most programs will let you know if they have the funding and if they're looking for potential graduate um, assistant that, that for that year. Um, so they'll let you know. So I think my my... If I can give an advice, just contact your potential advisor if you're going that route. And then, um, yeah, so when I got my interview, so we had an interview first in PhD. Well, at least in my department. Mm -hmm. So we had an interview first. That was very exciting. Um, So I came here for an interview for like, I think a day or two days. Mm -hmm. And... The next three days, I got the confirmation that I got in and I got graduate assistantship. That was world changing. Okay. Because it was when I came here for interview, I loved it and I get to know everyone. um, And I know I love my potential advisor and she's amazing and we can work together very well. Our personality match. Um, That's what's important to me. And if I you know, like, you know that kind of feeling? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want yeah. it so bad that yeah. you get it? Yeah. That's the kind of feeling. And especially if you've been, like, you know, 
chasing it for many many years i assume because you know it seems like from what i get from what your perspective is is that the most important thing at least from your point of view is the people you surround yourself with you know you said you exactly. love your you love your advisors or yeah. say your potential advisors mm-hmm. and you know you got to know everybody in the whole department as like at least majority of them yeah. so you know i think it's all about the building environment am, am, am i getting this right <laughs> yeah yeah definitely because you're gonna be there for a while and you know when you graduated from your phd it, it does matter <laughs> so like where you graduated from and who you worked with um and that meant that advisor is going to be your mentor so mm-hmm. make sure that you do have a relationship with your um with your mentor because that what gets you through because phd is not easy um it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of perseverance and then you know that resiliency you know that's what it is about yeah it's not as glamorous <laughs> as people think what phd is but um it's worth it when you do have that supportive environment especially when you're in your, when you're an international student mm-hmm. your whole support system is in here you know mm-hmm. and it's important to have your department that um understands and are willing to support you because you know your family is basically here mm-hmm. um that's your main support because they understand how it is mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's for me so in a way right here you have your home away from home isn't it because yep. you know you have your support system here and as you say you know a lot of people and you've been working with some of them i assume over like since right. you started your program but right. that's a very interesting side of the story and uh, now i want to get into maswami and by in this perspective you know of what i asked earlier like why did you why did you choose your current major or at least field of study and How did you react when you got accepted to MSU? You can start with Bayendri first. For me, it was really easy. I've <laughs> been doing journalism my whole life. <laughs> so, of course, gotta do journalism for my uh, master, um, obviously. So, I mean, I was I, I thought at the time maybe I should uh, do something else, uh, like political science or um, uh-huh. public policy, something that can complement my my career in the future in journalism. But then mm. I kind of thinking, um, nope. <laughs> I mean, I kind of thinking like, oh, no, I think you gotta stick I, to what yes, you know. Yeah, <laughs> stay true to who I am. I think. <laughs> so yeah. And how about you, Masami? Well, it was a long story. I mean, as I wrote on my essay, um, it started from my interest about renewable energy. Um, I really like about things like, you know, biofuel production, for example, like biofuel, biogas, things like that. And then when I pursued my undergrad, I got the, I got an exposure um, more about my interest. So then. I decided to go further for my master. I wanted to um, dig deeper more about my interests, um, more about how um, the system runs in the biofuel production, especially. So then um, I applied for the Fulbright um, scholarship, uh, majoring the biological engineering. Honestly, when I applied that, I already know that. This field will be a little bit different with my undergrad because in undergrad I studied biotechnology, which is more towards uh, molecular um, science, like more working with the uh, microorganisms. But with biological engineering, I work towards the system, how to engineer the systems to um, optimize um, the biological systems to work um, based on what we want. So then. In all honesty, MSU was out of my radar. I didn't know MSU at all at, the, at that time, but Fulbright saw a potential um, for me to get accepted in MSU. So then I started to search um, what the campus looks like. And then I saw my academic advisor um, in the uh, the department website and I felt like, oh, I think I can work with this person. I saw just from the profile, um, his research interests um, fit my needs 
And then surprisingly, um, I got accepted by MSU. It was so early for me because so many people told me like, oh, you might be able to see the announcement whether you got accepted or not around April 15th, like around April or May. But then I got accepted by MSU like around February. So it was kind of fast. Um, at first, I got... Um, how can I say that? And this was 2019, um, I wasn't, correct? I wasn't... Huh? And this was 2019, correct? Yeah, like, 2019. Okay. Actually, I wasn't sure enough um, to directly accept the offering from MSU because at that moment, I was still waiting for um, other offerings. But then I discussed a lot with my parents and then with some of um, the Fulbright awardees um, who got uh, accepted before and they told me like well it's a good opportunity you can you can start with that and then once you get into in the u.s you can explore more about your interests or other opportunities so then yeah i say yes to msu and then i got it um it feels so real at first because i think like i didn't expect that i i, I can go pursuing my master in here i was expecting like oh maybe i can go to another place as a my stepping stone then go further to the u.s but then i got it directly it was like i still couldn't believe it somehow even until now so it was it was amazing but as Batika said graduate school is more about patience it's about um not really about intelligence but how 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 resilient you are in um doing your education because it it's really uh, it really can change your life um, as a whole different person because you get more perspective, not only from the school, but also from the community. So it's been amazing um, having my education in here. And um, did you work first before you attended graduate school or did you, um, how do you call it? Did you straightly go from your undergrad to uh, graduate school? I would say I was working, but it was still in my university. So I was kind of like research assistant for my academic advisor when I was taking my undergrad. So like, but honestly, as my said, because Fulbright takes like a whole year. So I actually applied Fulbright right after my graduation. So I graduated in September 2017. So after that, Fulbright opened the application around October. Then I started my application since then. But then during waiting for the whole process, um, I was working as the research assistant at the university. So like I was doing like two things at once. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to get into the uh, the experience part of the of the graduate study, which is a really interesting thing I want to get into because I'm asking this as an as an undergraduate, like, looking for, you know, what to do in my future. Let's see if we can convince Andika to go to master. <laughs> uh, well, what I was going to say is, you know, from you guys, uh, respectively, what was the difference between undergraduate and graduate studies for you guys? Because, like, as you say, like, Matika, like, you know, your advisor is important. And for us undergraduates, well, particular for those who study in the U.S., uh, you know, we see advisors when we want to know what class are we going to take, mm. which is the main reason why we see our advisor because I uh, go to my advisor simply for that reason alone and probably, like, ask for career options in the future. But, you know, as, as I said again, what what is the difference between undergraduate and graduate studies for you guys respectively? We can start with Brian D first. Um, well, this is interesting because like I, I did my undergrad um in Indonesia and FamiTube and yeah. both of you Atikan Fami um Andika you do it here right yeah. um, your undergrad so um uh, it must be like a really um um uh, different experience. Yep. Well, for me it's kind of really different um undergrad education um back home in Indonesia is um a little bit. I don't remember. It was like, it was, it was <laughs> it was like a long time ago. Must have been ages ago. No it's way. This is like ages ago. Okay, I'm going to recall it a little bit. Um, How did I remember it? So um, it was kind of different because, you know, um, yeah. I think we decided on our um, major like right away when we got to school. Like um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, my fuck my faculty like um department is in communication then on my second year I decided if I wanted to uh, like um 
like a specialized in broadcasting or journalism. No, mm. not journalism. I think I don't think they have journalism in my um, school. Broadcasting, marketing, or public relations. That's the thing. So um, and the closest thing to journalism was broadcasting, and they offered that, so I took that, and um. Well, mostly like um, the school um, still um, like exam based um, to get you graduate, and master's uh, degree here is mostly project based um, to graduate too. Um, so it's really a different experience for, um, for that. And um, I think like uh, most um, like undergrad um, study in Indonesia too, like uh, you don't have that much like connection um, uh, to your lecturer or to your professor. Uh, while here, um, you can just like um, go to their office hour and connect with them and right. talk about everything about your school, even uh, about your family. I think like um, the, the office hours are open for everything, I think. Um, so that's really interesting um, um, difference, differences okay. that I noticed, I think. How, how about you, Masfami? Um, when I was doing undergrad, I think the... I think at least the two big differences between undergrad system in here and in Indonesia is the first. In Indonesia, um, I think many universities um, have mandatory to do the public service or community service. Or in Indonesia, we call it like KKN, Kuliah Kerja Nyata. So basically, we went to the village, like the smaller community and do the service there, like helping um the villagers like doing the administration stuff uh, and, and then helping them like how to do um better practical things like in the farming system for example or in education it depends on um the field of study of the students while in the u.s i think um the universities don't do that um mostly the second one is since undergrad we have been exposed already with the thesis system or scripsi we call it in indonesia so we got exposed to do a lot of um, internship or research since the beginning which was always becoming the the biggest struggle for undergrad students in indonesia it makes uh, most of the students graduate later like five or six years because they kind of struggle with um, the thesis um i think that's um kind of the biggest um, difference. Uh, what else? Oh, I think uh, it's quite, as Bainri said, it's quite hard for the students in Indonesia to to meet the lecturers, um, having the office hours. I don't know why. Um, so like when when the students wanted to make the appointment, most, yeah, probably, yeah, because of the culture, most likely it can be canceled in the last minute, but probably not, not in all um, campuses, just um, some of them. So yeah, it's it's a differences. With here, uh, when I'm doing my master, I think it's more about um, work attitude, professionalism in here, and yeah, basically build connection um, to academic advisor, to the professors, to the peers. Um, it's more in depth in here and more intense, which is good because you know, like after after school, it's really important to have good networking because. We don't know after graduation where we will go. Like, if you wanna go um, more to do the research or you wanna get a job, like networking is really important because it it can show like um, how good you maintain your relationship, networking with um, people around you. Oh yeah. All of the Indonesian undergraduates listening to this is like that's how I feel. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Well, but now I want to get in uh, to your opinion here, Batika, because since you said that you did your undergrad here and now you're doing your PhD program uh, here at MSU. Um, That's true. I uh, got never exposed um, to education system in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I wanna... if that's good or bad. <laughs> I'm not sure. Really. Yeah. Well, but the are we? Well, as I said before, um, what do you think are the different the differences and if you are willing to mention the similarities of you know the under the undergraduate and graduate program in your opinion um well i was thinking about the differences but um well in under here well this is very individualized but 
for me personally, when I was doing my undergrad, you care about grades. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But now that you're in graduate school, grades are secondary thing. Like you really? Just, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. You don't really, you don't really look at your grades. I mean, masters maybe it matters a little bit more, but when you're doing your PhD, that's it's just like whatever. Um, what matters is that you show um, growth. I mean, you show um, development in your um, study, and um, you know you're gaining skills. So that's what PhD is about. Um, gaining more skills to be able to answer your research question, to um, apply if you're uh, applied, if you do applied research, how to apply your work um, into the field, how you translate your work. Um, and professors know that. So grades are just a formal thing, really. Okay. Um, so if you I'm getting hear, a lot of insight. <laughs> so if you hear PhD students getting a 4.0, that's what they should be getting anyways. <laughs> um, it's, it really is not a big deal. So that's why we don't have that um, Dean's List or Hara College, right, in Master. In one yeah, higher, I really don't have right? We don't have that. No. We, yeah, I, no, did, I didn't know that. I mean, my grade is not great either. <laughs> but it's fine. As long as I can do my job well, my advisor was like, well, as long as you can do a good job, it's a good job. As okay. long there's progress. Okay. Right? As long as you pro show progress. Is that why you said the experience is the one that counts? Exactly. Because, you know, as you say, you know, your skills grow and yeah. you... How, how do I put this in a, in a simple way? Like, move on as you go and, you know, as you say, try to apply what you yeah. research into the real world and all of this. Just progress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what graduate school is about. Um, that's the biggest difference that... I have noticed and it's hard to move from that mindset from gra from grade based mindset to skill based um, but you'll get there and you'll see how important it is to focus on your own work um, when you do when you're um, in graduate school um, but from if we talk about similarity, I guess connection is very important. That's how I got into my master's. I made sure I know faculty in my department when I did my bachelor and they know me and they know my work. Um, so they can vouch for me when it comes to the time that I applied for my master's and they know, oh, okay, I know the student. Um, so pave, pave your way through. Um, okay. But connection, it's still, I'm still doing that here, um, doing my PhD. Networking uh, is very important. And when you did your bachelor's, your networking is within your department, right? Or within your university. But when you do your graduate school, you network outside too. Okay. Um, so do a lot of collaboration. Make sure you know as many people as possible. Um, if it's possible to have... Um, big people in the field and your committee when you do when you do your dissertation that would really open up a whole new world <laughs> um, hope open a whole um, just open the window mm -hmm. to a lot more possibility um, because yes you're doing you're still doing school work like I still do classes mm -hmm. I'm even do even though I'm doing my PhD but as in attending them I assume yeah, I'm doing my classes. Okay. So I'm still doing classes, um, a lot of theories, you know, things like that. But I need them because I'm doing research. I'm creating new knowledge. So I have to know the previous knowledge, right? Um, but then um, knowing the big people in the field, um, it would really help me with collaborating with them and making new projects and having new mentors and... Um, and when it's time for you to be in the job market, it's not like you're on your own. Mm -hmm. You have connection. People know your work. And that's very important, especially if you want to go to academia, mm -hmm. if you want to work as a professor, that's very important okay. to have your name already out there. Um, I mean, it's still important when you 
don't want to go to academia, it's still important. When you're in the job market, you need your network. That's where um, things are opening up for you. Um, so graduate students or pers prospective graduate students, don't just stay in your room and just read. Don't do that. Get out, <laughs> go to conferences, go to social hours. They are beneficial for you. Maybe not now, but in the long run, you'll thank yourself for it. You see, I want to get to that part, you know, about, you know, uh, going to conferences and, you know, as you say, getting your name out there, should you work in academia, especially. So what you're saying is that the exposure is important as well, at least yeah. in your perspective mm -hmm. field of study. Oh, I see. Because I can tell because as a current undergraduate, now, the, only, the, 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 the thing that's mostly in the back of my mind is, okay, well, am I getting an A on this midterm? Am I getting an A on this, yeah. uh, getting an, a BR or what grade am I getting basically? Right. And it's very interesting to me that, you know, because personally, I thought, at least for I talked to you guys, that um, you know, it, it, you know, grades really, grades really do also matter in graduate school. I'm not saying that you know mm. it doesn't, and but now that you say this, like it's the ex the, the, the skills and the experience also maybe like level up like to even more, I guess. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? So when we talk about grades, when you do your bachelor's, grades are important because now here in the US, you can skip your master's degree and you can go to PhD right away. But you need to excel in your bachelor's. You need to have a certain GPA. Um, most of the time, the one that I see in my field is at least a three or 3.5. Mm -hmm. um, if you are um, going to skip your master's, um, I think, yeah, straight through, if you're doing straight through from bachelor's to PhD, it's at least 3.5, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So um, yes, bachelor's, you need to have your grade. But when you do your graduate, like I said, as long as you show progress, and it's very um, discussion-based, so um, that way your instructors know what kind of progress you're making because you constantly have discussions with them. Okay. Yeah. I see. Well, it's a very interesting insight because, you know, um, and also I, I believe very reassure, reassuring and might be insightful for those prospective graduate students because I know some people, like at least who are on my level, like a senior in undergrad, uh, you know, asking themselves, should I do graduate school? Should I work for us or whatnot and everything now uh let us get into the question and answer part of the the podcast yeah and as a reminder for those of you listeners out there uh for every episode in season two uh we do a quite we do a question and answer se session in each episode where we take questions from our instagram story uh Thank you, thank you guys for those of you who send in your questions, you. and uh, we are going to answer them now. So, Masoni, why don't you go ahead and read the first question for us to answer? Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Shout out to my best friend forever, <laughs> Adelia Elfiantari. She's um, pursuing master right now at IPB Bogor. So, pernah nggak sih merasa bosan dan pengen menyerah? Kalau pernah, gimana cara mengatasinya? So, like basically. Um, asking whether I I've ever felt bored or like maybe frust frustrated and having some feeling to give up and if I ever did how to solve um, those feelings like uh, how to cope with those feelings who's gonna start well I can probably start to answer that okay um, if the question for the first part of the question uh, if I ever felt bored and willing to give up, I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you, 90% of the time. Uh, in particular, because uh, I'm a natural science major. Yep, yep. So <laughs> everything, uh, you know, that comes with it is quite tough. And sometimes I'm even scared, scared before I even open my own textbook. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. And um, for the second part of the question, so how to cope with those situations i mean i would say i would keep reminding myself of why i do this oh exactly That's because like particularly for me uh i'm 
in like the final year of my undergraduates it's like i'm literally so close to the finish line so how in 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 a matter of speaking turning back now is just not a good idea so in short that's how i would uh answer this question how about you guys how how would you guys answer this question when we can start with you mm, of course um yes um there's there would always be that feeling of that um this is too much um yeah, yeah maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it's time for me to go home and <laughs> not do this anymore <laughs> but yeah uh i think um um like the like um the thing that helped me when I, whenever i feel that type of way is um uh, when i go see my advisor and talk to them or see my cohort in the same school because you know we have like the same um goal we have the same um we have the same goal that we wanted to pursue so um it's good to talk to them whenever we feel that way and just like um relax a little bit i think yeah. <laughs> it'll be a good um would be a good um uh, way to like take a break once in a while yes of course like um do a board game with um like my friends here we do we did a, we do a lot of uh, board games and that helped um too so yeah how about masong and batika any other insight to this question uh the same answer like yeah i ever felt bored or i don't know i shouted and really want to give up but then um just back to what i have done so far when i when i throw back um why i'm here i i can see that i have done a lot so far so i feel like it's so it's going to be too bad if i just stop here without um gaining something so yeah usually after that i i gain my spirit again um usually for me i really love to do cleaning stuff when i feel bored so I really like to reorganize my bedroom, my bathroom um when I feel bored and then I will go to do window shopping because I love window to see window shopping. Window <laughs> shopping. Stop. <laughs> I mean I do shopping sometimes with Batika. She po- she's poisoning me about do a lot of shopping. Uh, thanks to her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I love to see things well organized. You know, when when I go to groceries, so I love to see the sections. Um, it it really re- refreshed my mind. So you're like strolling to the aisles and like maybe yeah, the Asian store, maybe part. like the mall or something. <laughs> yes, true, true. So yeah, get to Dell, cari discount Dell. And would would you help in reading the next question as well? What's wrong, me? Where to go? Should we go to the main question? <laughs> totally right. Um, let's go to okay. Um, the second one. Let's go to Ong Kurniawan. Uh, shout out to Kurniawan Ekaputra. He is a an LPDP awardee. Gonna go to Sweden to pursue master. Oh, okay. Um, susah senang sama kuliah dan kalau mau lanjut PhD susah enggak? Basically asking about um, I don't know, sweet and bitter to go pursuing yeah grad school and then. Is that difficult to pursue PhD? Probably, particularly in the US, I guess. So I, I'll, I'll give it to Batika, I guess. Okay. Um. So, the lows of it mostly is imposter syndrome. So oh this yes. So this is very very real. The feeling that you're a fraud, that you don't really belong here, and like, who are you to do all this work? Who are you to um, doing all this important work? Like, are you equipped enough to do all this? So you feel like you're such an imposter to be in this position, and you feel like you don't belong here. Um, that's one of the worst feelings, and it will never go away. Um, I had a lot of that my first year, and um, especially I was the only international student in my cohort. So that was very tough, um, but you know, just talk to your advisor, have that social support. Again, the environment you need to surround yourself with the right people um, because they will be the one who tells you, who reminds you that you know you're you belong here and you do have something to offer. You have a lot to offer, and um, just remember that you're here for a reason. 
And for me, if that doesn't help, um, because I used to teach and I, um, and here, uh, when, after you teach a class, if you're instructor of record, they give you um, like a survey from students. Um, they call it SIRS here. Um, yeah, yeah. Evaluation. So you evaluate your professor. Um, so I taught under undergrad, undergrad class for a year and I love my evaluations and they really helped me feel like uh, I'm cut out for this. Okay. I know my stuff and um, I belong here. So reading those back and just remind myself that why am I here in the first place really helps. Um, so that's um, the lows of it and how I dealt with it. Um, and the best part of it is, I don't know, like everything else, I guess. <laughs> everything else including nice. this, this show. <laughs> yeah, including, you know, my, my, my friends from the same cultural background. Um, it's just really nice. Um, and is it hard to continue for PhD? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. I guess it also depends on your major and your field. Um, huh? Yeah, and funding. So it really depends um, what what do you want to do? Like, do you want to go from um, like graduate assistantship like I did or Fulbright like Indri and Fami or LPDP or some other funding um, and it really depends on that too. And if you're talking about the process of doing PhD, keep going, <laughs> don't give up, <laughs> seriously, because it is hard work and um, it's, it's not a walk in the park. It is not for the week, I'm just kidding, um, but it is not. Um, <laughs> yes, true. So just, just keep going strong, you know, um, Perseverance, that's the key when you do your PhD. It's, yeah. I guess, I guess what you mean by, to put it short, giving up is not an option from what you just said. Well, let's, let's not say giving up. Um, if you start your PhD and it's not the right path for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, because you'll never know, right? You started off as okay this is what i want and you go for it but it's not the right path for you and you decided to you know what i'm gonna take another route that's the best for you it's not for everyone but if you have the ability and the strength and the courage to say that and actually like you know what i'm gonna take another route you're brave mm -hmm. um that's amazing so um and that's great if that's what you want um, some other people feel that some programs are not the best program for them and they wanted to apply for other programs, but they still going to do PhD. Great. Whatever works for you works for you. Mm -hmm. But just remember that, um, it's, it's your path. So, um, persevere for yourself, mm -hmm. what you need. Okay. Well, I like, I, 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 I like the answer to, the, to this question. It's a really motivating thing. And uh, I'll go on to the next question uh, from Jeremy Warman. Yes. And his question was, what was your biggest reason for wanting to come to the United States? Well, I'll start this one off by just saying that um, since I was in middle school, uh -huh. I always wanted to pursue a bachelor's degree in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I just because you know, growing up, I've, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I have a guilty pleasure of watching movies <laughs> that are college related, <laughs> which is which kind of forms my initial perspective on how uh, colleges here work. Uh, some some does and some did not like at least to the things I see in the movies. Mm -hmm. But you know, in short, I guess what I'm trying to say is ambition. Mm -hmm. Yeah and uh, possible career opportunities, if I may put that in a nice and good way. How about you, Maswamin uh, Bayendri? Would you like to add to this question? For me, um, it was kind of like obvious because, you know, the U.S., um, like the journalism um, industry, journalistic industry is really fast uh, and broad in the U.S. There's like, a, you know, like all kind of issues that 
people cover it here, journalists cover it here from、mm. like guns, politics, election, <laughs> healthcare, whatever. <laughs> Everything's out there.、Um, and like a, the journalism like industry here is really really like good too because you know like with the local newspaper,、mm. even like a county, a county is like a kecamatan. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Indonesia,、mm-hmm. They have their own newspaper. They have their own staff.、Uh, they even have their own station. Some right, of the counties. Right. Right.、Yeah. So、that's really interesting. I think so. Um. Uh. I think. Um. Going to school. Um. As a journalist here would expand my um experience and my um point of view about journalism. I think. And、okay. that happened. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh. How about you, Masami? Uh, okay, for me, I have several reasons. Part of them are so cheesy.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> the main reason why I want to go to the U.S. pursuing my degree is because United States is always、um, becoming like the leading of change, if I can say, including in the field of agriculture and renewable energy, as I'm pursuing right now.、Mm-hmm. So. I see that U.S.、Um, has like the most advanced technology in doing so,、um, so that's why I'm pursuing to go here. Another reason is actually that's my own challenge to myself because I see my surrounding, especially my faculties.、Uh, my faculties when I did my undergrad,、um, my lecturers are coming from many part of parts of the world, but. Nobody yet coming from the U.S. So I was、oh, really I was like challenging myself. Yeah, because most of my faculties either coming from,、um, I mean, graduated from Asia like Japan or、uh-huh. South Korean, some Europe like the Netherlands or、um, England,、um, or just from、um, like the top universities in Indonesia. But I mean,、um, so far none of them are coming from the U.S. Well, I graduated from、um, the U.S., so I kind of challenge myself. Like, I think it's gonna be pretty cool if I can make a big breakthrough.、Um, and also, it's a big, it's a big change for me,、um, for myself, because flying through from Sumbawa to United States, it takes a lot of risk and sacrifice that probably most of people don't want to do. So it's really a breakthrough、um, for myself. So that's probably part of the reason. Yeah, and flying from Sumbawa is it's really long、uh, duration, right? Yeah, not many people wanting to do that because it takes so much courage, if I can say. And a lot of jet lag. <laughs> exactly, I experienced that for my first week after I got to Arkansas. It was torturing, but yeah, I got used to it. So yeah. And how about you, Mbatika?、Uh, what was your Biggest reason for wanting to come to the U.S. and in particular because, as you said, you know you did your undergraduate here, right? So,、uh, how would you respond to this question? Um, it's because of a good memory. My brother has special need, and the first time he received an education was here in the United States. So,、um, with that special education. Um, services that I I grew up with, like I, my family also received services、um, because of my brother,、um, and it was really it was very helpful for us as a family,、um, and it was very impactful. So that's that's what I know. That was my memory, and I just decided to come back and you know do the same. So. Learning from those teachers who made an impact, I was hoping to be a teacher with an impact. Okay. Yeah. And moving on to our next question from Sam Lee, and he asked,、uh, "Is there any post graduation struggle with COVID?" I'm going to start. I'm going to address this question by saying that we have none of us have、mm-hmm. cur- have graduated、uh, yeah. in our, from our programs yet. But if I may, you know. Tackle the most perspective thing because I'll be graduating in December. Perspectively,、mm-hmm. is probably if I say the the job search or you know ask the answer to the question, what am I going to do after this? Because you know, as we all know now that you know the world is in an ever changing, fast paced condition,、yeah. where you know things happen left and right almost you know every I mean I might be exaggerating seconds. Yeah. So. 
that is one of the post-graduation struggles I can think of. Any of you would like to add to this question? Mindri, Maswami, Batika? I think Mindri can go first. Um, post-graduation struggle? I don't, I don't really understand the question. Um, maybe for me, it's not necessarily about the job, but I have done some, I mean, I have started some conversations with um, potential um, advisors for um, doing my PhD because I'm planning to pursuing my PhD um, afterwards after um, accomplish my master and most of the <laughs> most of the problem is back about funding because during COVID I think um, there might be some changes in terms of the funding availability from the federal um, government um, it might be one of the issues, but um, I'll see. Uh, my advisors say that I, sh I need to wait for until at least July or August to see uh, more funding options. And yeah, after that, uh, we'll see. So hopefully I can I can get through that struggle and then can pursue my PhD afterwards. Maybe that's um, part of the struggles. Yeah. Well, for me, well, it'll be a while until I graduate, but yeah. um, it's it does affect current graduate student, um, you know, thinking about the job market, how mm. academia is hiring, and um, just navigating through that and what can we do to get past that. Um, yeah, so, and for a PhD, there are different different ways mm. um here when you graduate you don't have to go to academia if mm -hmm. you want to go for nonprofit, go ahead if you want to go work for um an organization um go ahead um and there's also um um after PhD? Postdoc. Postdoc. Postdoctorate. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's an option. Uh, yeah, that's also an option. So what a postdoc is that you do, um, you go to a university and you basically do a lot of research. and It's an extension of your doctorate in, in a way, um, but you already have your doctorate. So um, mostly you do research um, and you know have more publications that way have more experience um and you do like it's a job it is a job um you get paid um but yeah um just choosing which one is the best option for you i guess that's the struggle with phd unless you already know what you want to do after graduation that's a different story hmm. but um with covid there's more limited there's a limited i guess chances than before okay well thank you for those insights guys and i'm gonna close uh this one out by the last question asked by sasuke britani <laughs> hello there sasuke and thank you for your question and this is the and this is the um question that i think most undergraduates ask themselves Ooh. or to others why do masters <laughs> my simple answer is because i'm not really capable to do phd directly from undergrad <laughs> i mean yeah it's seriously um yeah that's just an answer um why doing a master it can be a step stone um no stepping stone actually because i mean doing master is kind of a bridge for us um in doing your career pathway further I mean, by doing masters, you get the exposure to the professional field, but at the same time, you also get the exposure to do more about research or academy, uh, academia. Um, because after master, if you want to pursue PhD, you have more um, preparation to go through. But then, if you want to go pursuing a job um, career, uh, masters give you more experience um, professionally um by getting more what's the experience um while doing study or doing your um research so i think yeah that's one of the answers well um this is really interesting because like um for um a lot of 
a lot of like my friend, my journalist friends, they're doing a masters to take a break from being a journalist. <laughs> so they're yeah. seeing a higher degree as of like a vacation time <laughs> because journalism is such a, like a really fast paced um, yeah. um, job. You know, you gotta produce um, a story every week and. Um, and it's Sometimes really, every day, I every assume. Every day, yeah. And it's really depressing topics too. You know, we cover a lot, of, um, at least in Temple, we cover a lot about corruption, um, fraud, and bribery. And that's a really depressing <laughs> topic because you get to see, yeah, because you, yeah. Get, you get to see, like, uh, you get to experience, like, how, how, um, how dark it is. <laughs> so a lot of my friends um, from um, Tempoto and a lot of like um, other journalist friends, they're like um, a lot of them are doing um, masters um, for a couple of years uh, okay. to take a break from um, journalists, then come back and be a better journalist. I think. Okay. This is this is the first time I've heard of something like this. <laughs> getting a higher degree to take a break. That's but, a lot, actually. It mm-hmm. happens more than we know, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, would you like to add to this one, Batika? Final statement. Why did I do my master's? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did my master's before because um, I wanted to specialize. Um, my bachelor was in special ed and I wanted to focus on autism. So, and there was a program. So that's why I did it. And it was a lot of, um, a lot more experience than I thought I'd get. So, um, yeah, that's basically why I wanted to do my master's. Just I wanted to focus on specific topic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for those answers. And also, once again, thank you to everybody who sent in their questions. And, you know, uh, that and closes up our podcast. Uh, thank you again, uh, first of all, to our special guest, Bindri Malidar, to, yeah, for coming yeah, on yeah. to the show. And first, to, and also thank you to my co-host, Mas Fahmi and Batika, for co-hosting the episode with me. And also, uh, a final thank you for those of you listeners out there, and especially those who have followed us from the very first episode way back in October. We love you guys and we thank you for listening uh, to us. And as a, to close it up, uh, on behalf of Permias MSU, we would like to say terima kasih. Thank you very much. And we hope you enjoyed listening to us. And in particular, across the last, this two-part series of how we got here. And we hope that you learned a lot from us. So terima kasih. Thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much, guys. Terima kasih. Thank you. Stay safe.